my fellow Americans. This week, I wrote to the nation's governors, asking them to come to the White House to discuss welfare reform when they visit Washington later this month. Gene? Gene, are you having a stroke? For once, no. Welfare? What the hell? That's what I'm on. Why would I want to reform it? Let me see that teleprompter. Wait. President Reagan's address to the nation, February 1987. Oh, Jesus Christ, where are my reviews? Well, Hoosiers, more like losers. What? Well, uh, <laughs> all right, let's see, uh... Hackman, Hershey, and Hopper create a Preparation H-bomb of epic proportions. This sports flick has some balls being so foul. Oh, my goodness. Keep going. All right, Mommy. Some kind of wonderful, more like dumb, blind, and blunder-filled. <laughs> I have to use that one when I address the joint session of Congress next month. Uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street 3, more like it might scare... Oh, hell beats me. What the? Dream Warriors, more like Scream Warrior, which is what the director must have said to Patricia Arquette based on her shrieking performance. Oh, my. Now, my fellow Americans, I, I assure you, I have never once said such a thing to any Arquette. Olivia de Havilland, sure. Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Read it R. Welcome to episode 40 of Opening Weekend. <laughs> I, I have run out of ideas, and I am once again joined by my dear friends Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. And this week we travel back to February 27th, 1987, and the week's three major releases: Hoosiers, starring Gene Hackman. John Hughes' Some Kind of Wonderful, starring Eric Stoltz, Leah Thompson, and Mary Stuart Masterson, and A Nightmare in Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, starring Robert Englund, the soothing strains of Dawkin, and an actor who delightfully pronounces the word motherfucker as mugafucker. Let's go kick the motherfucker's ass all over dreamland. But before we dive into the week's movies, Fred and Dan, where were you on February 27th? I want to know exactly. February 27th. <laughs> 1980. I don't care. Sometime in sometime in the winter or early spring of 1987. I was listening to a lot of Dokken. Yeah. Right this time. Yeah. God damn right. <laughs> what would some of their other hits have been? That was it. <laughs> no, that was their big one. They had, um, in my dreams, you still remain. Your love is strong. Still. I messed up the lyrics, but that was the big <laughs> one in my dreams. Oh, that's good. That was great. It's all dream related. They're all, it's yeah. all sleepy time related. La yeah. In my dreams was the big one. Um, it's not love, alone again, uh, unchained the night into the fire, which was also featured in Nightmare on Elm Street. They didn't oh, really have any yeah. big hits. In, yes. in my dreams was, <laughs> in my dreams was the big MTV staple. Um, 
But they were around yeah. for they they had um I'm trying to think what was it? Under Lock and Key was one of their albums, Tooth and Nail, Back for Attack was the album that came out around this time. So uh yeah, and Don Dockin was no he he was like he was he was the prettiest of the uh the hair metal rockers. He was a it was a very attractive young lad. Okay, yeah. so this would have been hair metal. We would have they, they were. I feel like Dokken was more like metal, metal though, right? They were. This was this was the turning point. I think this is where like it, it, metal was really big. Like Headbangers Ball was really big on MTV, right? And there was the hair metal, but it hadn't gone into. I mean, I'm sure Poison was around at this time, and so, that's you know, more Mot- who I think of. You read my mind. I was like, yeah, Poison, mm. Motley Crue. That's I put oh, them in a different Crue category from. Dokken. I actually. I actually saw Motley Crue in concert this year. I saw a lot. That's this year. I saw a shit ton of concerts. Mm-hmm. I really saw a lot of concerts. I was thinking about it. Where'd you go? Jones go. Beach. Um, I went to Jones Beach here and there, but only in the summer, obviously. But we'd go to Nassau Coliseum all the time, Madison Square Garden. But like around this time, specifically this winter, like I remember, I saw Rush. I saw Eric Clapton with Phil Collins on drums, which was super cool. Oh my God. It, yeah, it was, it was Eric Clapton. It was just a four piece. It was Eric Clapton, his bass player, keyboards, and Phil Collins playing drums. Um, Ginger saw, Baker still alive or dead? He, he Now? He's Is dead. he dead? <laughs> He's dead. Yeah, yeah. Then, what about then? Then, not really sure. Probably, no, he was alive. <laughs> and terrifying people. He's. Te- have you ever seen the documentary Beware, Mr. Baker? No, I want to though. Oh, I know he was great. a cuckoo cray cray. Holy shit, the guy was terrifying, man. He was. He was. He was a lunatic. <laughs> Phil Collins, very nice man. Yes. Very sweet. Yes. Soothing presence behind the drums. <laughs> but I saw. I saw David Lee Roth around this time. I saw oh, Journey. Man. The nice. last tour with Steve Perry, which was pretty great, uh, with oh Randy God. Jackson of American Idol fame on the bass guitar. Oh my God! Um, oh and I saw, yeah, and I saw uh, White Snake um, and Motley Crue. Now, what was your favorite of all of them? Cheap Trick of all those bands of the eighties? Uh, oh yeah, I was a big Cheap Trick fan. Yeah, I loved them. Yeah, he, I mean, still, Journey, still one of my favorite. You like them more than Journey, or no? God, you know what that? I mean, time, I know Rush is like your absolute, like that's right. the pinnacle. Yeah, right? they're they're up there. Um, I don't know. That's a tough one between between Cheap Trick and Journey. That's that's God. That's a rough one. That's a Sophie's Choice if I've ever had one. Yikes. Robin Zander versus Steve Perry. Yeah, who? Wins? I don't know. Who I don't know. Out? Maybe uh, maybe for that time, Journey Journey was getting a little cheesy at that point. At this, <laughs> as soon as I said that, I'm sure many of our listeners just rolled their eyes and they were like, "We're getting cheesy." <laughs> Um, <laughs> damn you. I love journey, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who my favorite was at the time. Journey was up there and yeah, cheap trick was big, but it was, uh, and then I, and then like later that year in April, that's when I started to remember going to see Iron Maiden. And, but it was like, it was a great, like that year was just a lot of concerts. And my dad would get tickets to all these concerts through, nice. I think through, the people that he worked with in the music business. Yeah. So we would always go and he'd get a bunch of tickets and we'd bring our friends and yeah, it was a, it was a fun time. And I I also remember the the other big thing around this time for me, and I was reminded of this because I was flipping through my yearbook. Everything was really mint. Oh yeah. It was mint. It was a mint concert. It was that that girl is mint. Yeah. Everyone wrote. Mint mint was the word. That was the word. 
everyone used. And in my yearbook, everyone's like, dude, have a mint summer. Dude, that Rush <laughs> concert was mint. Yeah. Oh, we're going to have the mintest time. Everything's yeah. mint. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Everything we were a very mint. big fan of certs at that time. <laughs> you idiot. And- yes. Yep. Now, wait. Now, is that not a word that you guys were using, Dan, in no, New Jersey? No, in Jersey. Really? That's amazing because we absolutely were using it. And We you know, did a thing called, uh, we, we said, the phrase we use was, Go fuck your mother. We would say that a lot. <laughs> For good things? You'd For say anything. That. Oh, look at that. I got a 97 on the test. That's a real go fuck your mother of a grade. <laughs> this is a go fuck your mother hamburger right here. Really Col- delicious. Cobra is a go fuck your mother movie. Mostly <laughs> because there's that scene where he went and fucked somebody's mother. I don't know why. <laughs> That's not- no, no, no. That was in Stopping My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> <All right. laughs> you better stop, mom. No, mint was not. <laughs> stop, stop, mom, mom, stop. Don't make me do this. It won't be mint. <laughs> well, why? Where do you think that came from? Like mint condition? It came from like mint, mint condition. condition. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, God, I never even thought of that before. <laughs> oh, is that ever yeah, yeah, just that's people a, liked mints. It's mint. Yeah. Yeah. Very into Andy's candies and the thin mints. But wait a minute. So you mint didn't cross over from Long Island to New Jersey, but it chopped didn't? to the esophagus did? No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, I thought you no, guys used chop to the esophagus too. No, because that, no, I just was repeating because I, I, I feel like I remember hearing that on like a WWF broadcast. Oh, you know what I mean? Gotcha. Like somebody, okay. you know, somebody going, oh, it's a chop to the esophagus. Like that oh. was just a thing that was said. In no, Jersey, they just called it slaughter neck. <laughs> Isn't that uh, what Al Pacino had at the Golden Globes? <laughs> Oh, you'd have to see the picture, everybody. If you haven't watched the Golden Globes, there's a great picture that Dan took of the screen of his television because he was so tickled by a sleeping, aged Al Pacino. Poor Al Pacino. Almost missing his category. He he must have been just tired from being on the road with the arthropod squad. He must have just been sleeping. Exactly. Yeah, that's That's true. Where was he when he, yeah, I mean, he was zooming in. He could have been anywhere. He, uh, well, it was someplace with a lot of wood paneling place. that I saw. Okay. A lot of wood that sounds like Richard Dreyfus's bungalow. <laughs> I was going to say. Right? If he st- uh, maybe he stuck around. He's still up there. Um, oh 87. Okay, I went to a few concerts. A little band called Huey Lewis and the News, gentlemen. Wow. That was supposed to be my first concert ever. What? I wanted, the first concert I ever saw was Rod Stewart, but I asked my, mm. I asked my dad to get tickets because I was obsessed with the, the sports album. And this yes. was when I, this was I when I was one. in uh, I seventh album. grade and uh, it was sold out. He couldn't get tickets for it. So he got tickets for Rod Stewart instead. So I never saw oh. Huey Lewis. I'm insanely jealous of you right now, Dan. Down at the Garden State Arts Center. I've seen Huey Lewis twice. Wow. Once at the Garden State Arts Center and once after a Mets game at City Field, he played. He took the stage. Oh, wow. Oh, man. In the middle of the field. Yeah, it was great. And uh, Phil Collins, I've seen thrice. Um, you remember I had the T-shirt. Yep. So I saw him, uh, well, twice as twice as Phil Collins, once with Genesis at the Yeah, big, me too. The old giant stadium. Uh, this would have been around the time where I started having, now, and this is where we lose listeners, where I started <laughs> having, get ready, brace yourself. Oh, God. I started having no. my acne Period. cysts drained oh jesus christ acne that's say gone little, say it a little slower say it a little I slower start, i had oh, such horrible cystic acne oh my god why on my neck underneath the skin of my neck so you were the true slaughter neck then. i really was i was robert davi times 10 and oh i would go to the dermatologist and she would have to stick a needle in there oh. and drain 
the cysts. It was like being, it was like somebody going, is it safe? Like it was horrible. Oh God. It was awful. I mean, I, I mean, what was the alternative? What was the alternative? I guess if it's he, at that he, point. Here's the alternative. Wash your face, asshole. <laughs> well, that's that's get a good soap. That's for me to know. And and wash you to your goddamn <laughs> face. They could have told me, wash my face, don't eat this, eat that, and don't be such a, a large. Say, did you did you say, doctor, will it hurt if I eat chocolate during the procedure? <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. Will, it be, will, it be, will it hurt if I rub my face with vegetable oil, with Wesson oil? Should I not be bathing in that? Oh, it was horrible. Oh, anyway, God. that's what I was going through. You uh, in the news and cystic acne. Uh, around this time, this is so embarrassing. So I went to, I was not a big, big music guy i went to one concert in all of high school and it okay, was just wait, because wait. i went to go a friend was like i want to go see fred take a guess person. take and a guess like, all right um i'm gonna say Corey hart Ooh, oh uh, that's right in the vein that's right in okay the vein. okay Corey hart's in the vein i'm gonna I say think chris say. isaac no he was later no, it's a little late oh. yeah he was a little later glass tiger no, no. Tiger Chung Lee. Now you're really cold. Um, uh, no, it was uh, Jack Wagner at the, at the Westbury Music Fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little more time. Based on the strength of that song, he was appearing at the Westbury Music Fair. My friend Kenneth Kepi was a huge uh, uh, General Hospital fan. And we literally would hang out at his house. He loved Star Wars, Rocky, Playboy magazine, <laughs> and General Hospital. That's what I remember going to his house and do it. Like we'd play with Star Wars figures. We'd watch Rocky movies and we would like, you know, he would, we would watch but he General liked Jack Hospital. Wagner? He did like Jack <laughs> Wagner a lot. I mean, he liked General Hospital a lot, like the plot lines. And so, like I, if I was going Come to hang on. out at his house after school, we had we would watch. Yeah, it was if it was three thirty or whatever, it's like, well, we got to watch General Hospital and then we can go out and play in the backyard or something. So we sounds like, like Bill Haverchuk from uh, Freaks and Geeks, who was obsessed with <laughs> Dynasty. Great guy, wonderful guy, sweet, sweet guy, and yeah, and he, yeah, but he liked that show, and so he was like, wow. you know, he was like, uh, you want to go to a concert? You want to go? To so I was like, and I was like, hey, yeah, all right, I'll go with you. And we were literally the only two. Males identifying males there in the uh, in that it was all teenage girls and the two of us and, you know, in our acid wash jeans and stuff and like, you know, sitting there watching Jack Wagner. And uh, yeah, did you get a concert T-shirt, please? I did not. I had no idea. I was not, you know, the fact that I was there, it could have been anybody. Um, What I remember most about the concert is Westbury Music Fair is. It's a cool venue and it has this big rotating stage. Yeah, I, I remember it's, that. It's, it, it rotates Neat. around the circle. Rotates right? around like yeah, constantly. Yeah. But I remember the opening act for um, Jack Wagner was oh, oh god, Roseanne Barr. I had never heard of her. Never. Whoa. I was like, wow. Is this? I was like, who is this weird lady with like this flat delivery and a sweatshirt stand? I was like, she's a comedian. What is she doing? Wow. It was so weird and like her on that stage at like Roseanne like from like the way you picture her from the first season of that show oh, yeah. like standing there with her microphone and just like her sweatpants and like you know on this gigantic rotating stage talking about doing housework and I was like this is so bizarre so weird and then of course Nick, the following year she's 
the biggest star on television. But before that, everybody in the audience was like, what's happening? Wow. Who's booking a comedian to open for Jack Wagner at Westbury Music Fair? Did she get laughs? Did anyone laugh? Yeah, I think I think she did. I think she did. I can't you know, she has that the domestic goddess line. I can remember that. Yeah, she would have a lot of like sassy housewife things that got some good laughs. But it was it it was it it probably like seemed like a genius move, though, because if you think about it, the majority of people who are going to see Jack Wagner were housewives at that time who were watching General Hospital. Oh, that's true, too. So they made a smile. I'll tell you, whoever booked Roseanne Barr was no hack, man. Oh, 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 God. That, 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 that segue drained out like a cyst being plucked from Dan's neck. Just, I'm back in that chair. I'm back in that chair again going, please stop. That's, what, that's the sound the, the, uh, the suction uh, made as the cyst was being drained. Was, Hoosiers. These six individuals have made a choice to work, a choice to sacrifice, put themselves on the line, represent you, this high school. This is your team. Hoosiers. They needed a second chance to finish first. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the championship game. You're not the new coach. Are you expecting somebody different? (laughs) Younger. Based on the true story of a small-town team that made the state finals in 1954, Hoosiers sees failed college coach Norman Dale, played by Gene Hackman, offered a chance at redemption when he is hired to direct a tiny Indiana Towns high school basketball program. Dale struggles to develop a winning team in the face of community criticism for his temper and his unconventional choice of assistant coach, Shooter, the alcoholic father of one of Dale's players, played by Dennis Hopper in an Oscar-nominated performance. Also starring Barbara Hershey as Concerned Teacher, Hoosiers earned $3.6 million over its opening weekend after taking in $700,000 in limited release the previous year on its way to a total box office of $28.6 million. Fred and Dan, what do you guys think of Hoosiers? You said redemption. I say potato, you say redemption, and that's all I think of with this movie. I really do. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, what I love most about I I had seen this when I had come out. I think I saw it with my family. I think we all saw it. We all went mm. and saw it. It was like seeing it for the first time. I couldn't remember if they won or lost at the end. I couldn't remember if the kid makes the basket. But what I really didn't remember was it being a tale of redemption, not just for the Dennis Hopper character, but- mostly for the Gene Hackman character. I really Mm -hmm. didn't remember that, that he had come, he had had a past that was, you know, it was very shocking to me that it was like, oh, this guy doesn't just have a past. He has a violent past, Mm -hmm. violent with a student. And then he went in the army or the Navy for 12 years or whatever. Like I didn't remember any of that. And I was like, this is fascinating because this is about, this is a movie about second chances. You know, and to some, you know, when Hopper is, when the Hopper character is concerned, it's about third chances. So how does that translate into what Hackman is doing? He is playing with containment so much in this thing. There's about 64 times when in another movie, Gene Hackman would be going, now listen to me. And he'd be raising his voice and pointing and yelling. And he's mm-hmm. having to keep it in. But you're not, you don't see the wheels turning of that. You know what I mean? He's just doing it. He's just doing it. And I, that's the brilliance of his performance, I think. Well, there you are. I thought we'd go uh, 
20 minutes on, 10 off, and 20 on. I had a different schedule on mine. Uh, look, mister, these boys got a routine they're used to. You uh, throw a new coach with newfangled ideas at them, uh, might get them all confused. It will ease into it real slow. Hell, our first game's less than two weeks away. Well, first of all, let's be real friendly here, okay? My name is Norm. Secondly, your coaching days are over. You're right, Dan. Like that now, it it, it makes so much sense to me now. His whole performance. Uh-huh. I mean, I always loved it. I always thought it was so interesting. I just, I loved, yeah, I loved the moments where he's just in the beginning, especially he's, he's just patiently listening and he's like, well, this has been this has been lovely, gentlemen. I'm I'm gonna go now. Yeah, you know when he's right. like, you guys need to leave. These ridiculous right. situations where the entire town wants to like grill him at the barber yeah, shop about his right. tr- basketball coaching style. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. he's like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You know, because it, it was mm-hmm. it was interesting to it, it, you know, especially being a, a parent myself now of of kids who play sports. Mm-hmm. It, it was also really you know, thankfully. I haven't seen too much bad parent behavior, but I've seen glimpses of it. Oh, yeah. I've seen it where it's starting to go to a bad place. And thankfully, the leagues that my kids play with, they sort of nip it in the bud fairly quickly. Oh, good. But, I mean, I've heard horror stories, too. Mm -hmm. And this really shows, I mean, especially in the beginning, you know, it just shows how a a lot of times it's, it's it's not about the kids which is so sad because it should be about the kids. It's about the parents or the town, you know, the other people have the stakes and they want their voices heard. You know, it's their decision-making. Right. You know, I love the way Hackman dealt with all of that. But then I thought, my God, but he's, he's, he's really rough on these kids. Yeah. You know I mean? He, like he needs to be, he's like, we, we have work to do. And that first practice that he has was great. It was like actually one of my favorite sequences like that in a movie. Yeah. You know, the training sequence. And this one comes, and normally they save that for later, you know, mm. the end. In a montage you know, type it, thing, yeah. Exactly. This was just showing, you know, you felt the heat of that that old gym. And like, mm. I remember, I mean, Kate and I were watching, we're like, oh God, fucking suicides. Like, I remember running mm. those, you know, and all that came back and that way, it was, it, was, it was really realistic. And obviously these kids are all, you know, really fine athletes. But I thought, God, man, he's, he's, he's not letting them get away with shit. I mean, he's, he's tough. He's, and like, is, is this, is this just how it's going to be the whole movie? Basketball is a voluntary activity. It's not a requirement. Any of you feel you don't want to be on a team, feel free to leave right now. Did you hear what I said? Me? Yes, you. Sure. I'm just curious to know when we start. We start when I say so. Okay. Would you kind of let me know? Cause I'm kind of getting tired of standing out of here. Right now. You're kicking me out? Yes. Don't come back until you learn to keep your mouth shut and listen. But by the end there, you see like the little moments between them, you know, because they, it, the kids stick with a really, really tough coach. So by the, when they get to the finals, they're starting to joke with each other a little bit and smile. And there's that moment where he's like, you know, you got to stick with them. You know, I, w- I want to know what type of gummy he, he yeah. chews. And yeah. then when the kid is benched, he looks at him, he gives him this look, which I was like, why is he giving that? I, I thought it was a really interesting look. But then the kid looks at him again. He's like, dentine. And I was like, that, it was such a great moment because I was like, oh, it's been broken. Like, so when he yeah. does at the end, when he says, I love you guys, it's really earned. Yeah. You really feel it because he started, because in the beginning, I really thought, I, God, I didn't remember him being so tough. Is Can this last? I always I thought he was tough, but fair. I never felt like he was out of mm-hmm. line with them in any no. way shape or form i think he was just you know 
I think he was just serious about it and and taught them to be serious about it. He is harder. I I love the I love when they have the kind of the, the pep rally and uh, or whatever. And then and everybody's like chanting for that kid, Jimmy, the kid who's yeah. not yeah. on the team. Right. And he takes the mic and says, you know, these these guys deserve your respect. They are your team and they're yeah, that's beautiful. And that's a beautiful yeah. speech. But by the same token, he is like you're right, Fred. He is he's a he's a military guy he's come right from the he didn't come right navy, from teaching yeah. college basketball now he's come from the navy i mean he just views the world differently and he's like you know sh- shape up or ship out and he's just <laughs> he's and, he, and he's you know so the speech he gives to that auditorium it's not the type of speech that is going to then inspire those kids to be like yeah you're right coach let's <laughs> cheer right. instead everybody just feels chastised and bad and, and right. that's the end of the scene but he's not wrong right no, the, and he's defending the players he's not chastising yeah. the players no. and that's and that's the thing it's a subtle it's, thing and, yeah, I, and, I, and I like mm-hmm. to think that the players you know respect yeah. that and realize that he respects them uh, we're way past big speech time huh? I want to thank you for the last few months. It's been very special for me. The movie feels a little long to me, a little drawn out. I didn't me quite too, Jason. think it, yeah. it, it, it definitely, um, it necessarily bears that weight, you know. Um, and, and I will say it also got less interesting to me as it went along. Once it was really just about like, playing the big game it was i mean which is great and compelling and very well done and well filmed and everything it was it became to me it became less about the characters and i i i don't know i i i found myself kind of really at the edge of my seat for the first half really drunk because i'd seen this when it came out i probably saw it opening weekend and i was really really drawn into it at the beginning and really fascinated by hackman in particular and his relationship with those kids in the early going and you know where it's heading and you want them to get great and you want them to win at the end but i don't know why it kind of once it kind of went to standard sports movie territory it was like it was it was fine it was solid definitely but you know what it it, was for me it was when um and what was his name? It was J- Jimmy, right? Jimmy was the one that we all wanted. Yeah, Jimmy Chitwood. Right. Once once yeah, he joins kid. the team, it was like suddenly they started playing amazing. And I thought, well, so you're saying it's just about this one kid? I agree that with sort you, Fred. Of, which was I the whole problem you. to begin with, where right. everybody's like thinking it's the these kids can only win with that kid. Yeah. And he's kind of proving that they're made of more, you know? And then yeah. even the very end when they're like, great, they're going to be expecting Jimmy to take that shot. So let's right. change it up on him. And then the team's disappointed. And they're yeah. like, just let Superman do it. Why <laughs> Why ask Aquaman to do what Superman can do? You know what? You know what I think that yep. might have been? Because I thought the same thing, too. I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I'm like, I, I literally thought, wait, did I see a different movie? I could have sworn that they did do that. And I was a little upset about that as well. I thought, well, then, I mean, look, if, if it's based on a true story, then if that's what happened, that's what happened. Right. The only thing that I got from that was that the the whole idea and going back to what I said before, how they they grow to love one another, is that by that point, before then, it's what Hackman says goes. Don't yeah. don't question me. I tell you yes. to, to pass four times before you shoot. You don't do that, you're off. Yeah. By the end, he says he gives them a direct order. They question it, and he goes, you know what? You guys are the players. I'm going to trust you. And yeah, like they bends. gain, yeah. they gain each other's trust. So that's that's, that's nice. what I got from it. That no, that's right, Fred. 
You're That's right. what it is. For me, the movie, I started to lose interest a bit when they started developing the Hackman, Barbara Hershey love story, especially the walk, yeah. the walk in the forest. I was like, we do not need this y'all. We don't need this. It's so much interesting to just have that romantic tension between them yeah. rather than an unearned kiss in that forest walk scene. Yeah, absolutely like, agreed. Absolutely agreed. Here's the other thing. Gene Hackman and Bill Murray have something in common. <laughs> and that is they, I, they are not pleasant Good. to watch kiss no, people right. on screen right. it looks like and it's like it's like when you take two dolls and press <laughs> the mouths together and it's like it they both look like they hate kissing women which is fine or anybody i'm not saying no commentary de niro is the worst de niro's terrible oh. too you're right de niro, like and I, you know this is talking from a guy who like started acting because of de niro but i thought all right i'll start acting but i think i'm gonna stop kissing because i don't want to kiss anyone ever again if that's what you have to do that's what it's gonna feel like i mean yeah i watch him kiss barbara hershey i'm like that was they should both press charges i mean they, they both everybody looked uncomfortable that yeah, it's like this tight-lipped pucker, over puckered, so, like like old. I know it's like it's like you want to look more like an old man kissing yeah, that woman, like weird. then it's like yeah, you're kissing like, your granddaughter. It's, it's like weird. yeah, it's like he's got a Werther's original and uh, tucked under. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, yeah, it was not that, that relationship and that whole. Uh, unfortunately, Barbara Hershey's whole the whole character kind yeah, of I don't, you know I don't, could kind of do with did she no. convince jimmy to go to the big town hall meeting is that what we're supposed to Doesn't get from that like that she finally gave in yeah i was i was a little confused as to why she was crying there and again i thought it was something left on the cutting room floor that we don't know about i took it as just she knows that they're going to can him you know that she knows uh, the vote's yes, going but, against but, them but why is she crying you know, that's I didn't I didn't realize that she was that invested in him. But and she's yeah, she's developing f- feelings, feelings for him, for I guess, him, throughout yeah. there or, or an admiration for him. And she's the yeah, lonely school was, um, marm. She's got nobody. Yeah. I mean, what's she got? Your truck Which and was her mom. Gr- it was a great it was yeah. a good character. But I agree, Dan, I would have liked to have seen it where you, the, the tension is still there. Yeah. Maybe by the end, you know that there's an under, again, like him and the players, there's an understanding. Exactly. And, okay, this is, something may happen here. Yeah, it you know, needn't we're, be you know, overt. Yeah, show you're less. exactly right. We got to talk about Dennis Hopper. Hopper, yes, that was just going to talk oh, about man. Hopper. Yeah, boy, I mean, you know, uh, that's not easy what he's doing because it could no. so easily tip over into caricature and Foster Brooks land, you know, and just, yeah. and, and he never goes to that place. He's just so natural and has such a great ease with it. I still think he's better in Super Mario, but <laughs> I will say he's very good here. It's, he's heartbreaking. He's an, and, I, and I, I mean, that's the scene that I remembered the most when I first saw it and it's probably my favorite scene in the movie is when when Hackman gets himself kicked out, which is a great mm-hmm. moment where he's, yeah. he's yelling at the ref and he's like, kick me out, you know, under yeah. his breath. He's oh, like, give me your- great. That's a and fantastic then he, you know, moment. And he walks up to him and he's like, ah, oh, look, you know, I've been kicked out again. And that moment of the sun coming and just looking at him and saying like, what do we do, dad? Yeah. And, and- Best moment in the movie. You reckon number four will put up their last shot, dad? Yeah, probably. They've been picking low all night. Yeah. Uh, great. Let yourself get taken out. Buddy, you drop down and take his place. Close that lane. All right. Okay, T. 
like it's such a beautiful moment. It's so gracious of the son to do that. You know, he feeds it That's to him right. and Hopper goes. And then when once he gets up to see that like fire lit again, and then what to me, it's such a beautiful moment. It, it always chokes me up. But to me, what's an even more brilliant masterstroke in the movie? And again, I'm, I'm assuming they're going with real life. I don't know. The fact that after that, he relapses again. Yeah. Exactly. And to me, right. that's yeah. such an honest portrayal of addiction. Yes. You know, yeah. That yeah, you it, don't get better because someone says get better or else you get better because yeah. you receive care and help and support, yeah. which he finally does, you know, he does. But I love the moment that he, he gets up because it's such a great moment and mm-hmm. it's so heartwarming and this father and son are back together and you're like, oh, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's cleaned his life. And nope, nope, he can't because he's an addict. I thought Hopper was good. I thought he was very good, but I was like, I, no, but I was like surprised. You liked him better little, in Super Mario Brothers too? I kind of did. No, I. <laughs> that scene I, where he orders the pizza. Come on. It does not uh, yeah. get better than that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, th- I mean, yeah, he was. What he was, was your good. concern? Something was, it, something felt a little, it felt a little surface to me, actually. I, I thought it was a little. It's still a very a Dennis Hoppery performance. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. I was. I don't know. It didn't. I because all I re- really remember. I'm like, okay, Gene Hackman basketball movie. But the thing is, Dennis Hopper Oscar nomination. Blah 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 blah. You know, right. playing this alcoholic. And uh, I thought it was good. Like the scene when he's in the hospital and the son comes to visit. I was like, the son deserves the nomination. The oh. son was doing the oh. great acting in that scene. David yeah. Nydorf is that actor's name. The Everett. I thought he was great. I thought he was very, very good. Again, very I thought good. the kids were great. Is he related um, to Harriet and Blah Blah Nydorf from Glenn Glenn Ross? I'm sorry. I'm sure That's he must the be. Deepest um, of cuts. But, Deep cut. Good one though. But uh <laughs> No, I mean I mean I liked I liked Hopper in it, but I but I did I, I was like, okay, all right. That's an Oscar. But you know what the moment <laughs> that gets me in that scene, Jason? What? And it's a quick one, but after the sun leaves. There's a moment where Hopper is still, he's, he says something to the nurse. He like puffs himself up mm-hmm. and then they let the camera roll for a little longer. Mm. And then you just see him totally, he, he just shatters mm. inside and he's so happy and it's out of joy. And Aww. it was, and I never I noticed really, it before. Yeah, I, I never noticed notice until it. just watching and I thought it was really beautiful, but it's right at the very end where like all the defenses go down yeah. and there's a sense of relief and, and gratitude I really like. I said I did I've like the scene before. very much when Hackman comes to him and offers him the job too. And that's like, what got, got me. I got Oscar, suit, I think, you know? is that scene, Jason. Like, I got that, that suit, scene. and then he's like, "And you got to be sober." And then he's like, "Get out." And oh. that was so simple. And but he was like, "You got to yeah. leave." You got. I thought you out. meant when Hackman comes to visit him in the hospital, he's like, "I'm cold. I'm cold." And he's well. And that he's, was and also he's, yeah. He's yeah, drying he's, out. Yeah, I think that was the scene that got him the Oscar. It is. Hey, it's it's it is very good. It is very good. I guess I'm surprised. I think if it wasn't. I think if it wasn't, but that's the true, true of the Oscars all the time. I was going to say, I think if it wasn't Dennis Hopper, I think if that was like a, you know, like Chris Cooper is, was not a star at this time, but if it was like somebody a, a more under Less the radar known, actor, yeah. uh, you know, who could have done every bit as much with the part, it would not have gotten the, the, you know, the notice that it did. This is partly that the movie takes place in the fifties and that I am not, you know, the biggest sports guy, but when, when, Hopper starts coaching all the little turns of phrase. And when he's, it's like Nick Nolte called on the time phone to coach these guys. I mean, it's like, it's like, and then you take a cow and you sling it over the moon and then we go around back and then you got, you got two teaspoons of fuck nuts. And then uh, you put that in your bum and then you go and like, we got it. Okay, coach. 
somebody get my father <laughs> a cup of coffee. <laughs> That's a movie I want to see. That is a oh, movie God. I want to see. The basketball coach who only talks in gibberish. <laughs> And yet the team is uh, totally and, did, and Fred, and I can cut this part, but Fred, when he came, when he he showed up at, at Hackman's house in that hat, did you not think Muff Potter was coming to visit him from, uh, from Fort oh, Salem Theaters, sweet, Tom Sawyer? Sweet Muff uh, Potter. For the <laughs> listeners who don't know Muff Potter, when Jason and I did Summerstock, oh, we boy. did a children's uh, theater production of, what was it? Tom, Tom Sawyer. Sawyer or Huck Finn. And, oh, and maybe Jason, both. <laughs> Jason played the, the kindly drunk possible child molester, oh, Muff, Muff Potter. Potter. Wow. Oh, God. And yeah, oversized I, pants and an unbuttoned shirt. And I played it. And I had like, and the, and literally the hat that Dennis Hopper comes to Gene Hackman's house in, <laughs> that weird, big, oddly shaped brown hat. Wow. I had to wear that there. It's like wow. an old time drunk hat. That's what they call it at the store. In the Sears <laughs> catalog, the old time drunk hat. That fucking house. Jesus oh, Christ. Holes in the ceiling. Holes in the ceiling. But it's like the, it's like where Freddy fell. kills people in Nightmare on <laughs> Street 3. It's the scariest, like, oh, we're going to see his hovel. Okay. It is the foundation is so fukakta that that there is a crack going through the wall like a zigzag like it got struck by lightning through all the walls i was like that house could fall into the sea or well there's no sea in indiana but it could fall into <laughs> the river at any moment you know what i mean it could fall down the ravine any moment that that was great production design if it even was unless they just found an old fucking house and said that's where dennis hopper lives i, I thought it's it was- at his actual house which is more likely <laughs> they're like mr nolte can we rent your house or mr <laughs> hopper god damn it not looking in the mirror um <laughs> I thought that was a little over the top, that production design. I was like, oh, literally, the, the ceiling is Swiss cheese. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> Not that there aren't houses like that, but I was like, it's a, it's a touch much. Um, <laughs> look at me. I'm so sour. Uh, no, it was, it was good. I, I will say the music, at first I was like, Boof. too much. Jerry Overused. Goldsmith, the great Jerry mm-hmm. Goldsmith. But all this fucking 1980s fucking synth music. I'm like, it's yeah, the 1950s. What is this synth music going on throughout the whole thing? Right. Now the themes, the the that that great theme at the end during the games, it's great, inspiring kind of uh, you know, Jerry Goldsmith is a great composer. So the themes as written, really great. And underneath the action of the basketball game, if it's synthy, I can't notice the synth during the mm-hmm. game. Right. But all that stuff, like just down on the farm and like here's the town, and <laughs> it's like, you know. It's a shame because I showed the kids the trailer because I wanted them to watch it. And it's the music right off the bat. The music starts and you go, oh, turn this off. It just dates it so much. It really does. It's a a shame. But how many Sheilas? I will go, uh, I'll go 7.5 on it. Boom. I'm going to meet you there. 7.5. I think I'm, um, I think I'm seven. You brought me up with all that insight about Hackman's performance because I'll tell you, this this was a, a, a week for me of nine for Hackman seven. Yeah. Movie. Always. Yeah. He's, he's always great. My God, he's God, God, he's good. Really right. amazing. God, he is one of the greats. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're starting to say something. No, this, time. this was just a week of, of a lot of, um, nostalgia versus, uh, you know, present day reality for me and, mm-hmm. and dealing mm-hmm. with that. And this was another movie that, you know, as I, when I was watching it, I was enjoying it 
but there was something about it at the time. And I, like I said, I really liked it and I knew that it was going to be, you know, on the higher scale of Sheila's, but <laughs> there was something, I, I, there was something that was, I couldn't, I'm like, I, I can't figure this out. What is it? But you, you really nailed it when you were talking about Hackman's performance. And as soon as you, you mentioned that about a guy who was trying to stay in control, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, he's right. That's it's, it's brilliant. And that just, that raised it. Up, it, like, it suddenly just all made sense. I'm like, yeah, hmm. of course, there it is. Yeah, um, it's it's that the, the the whole performance is it's it's some kind of wonderful. Ah, you know what I mean? Oh, I forgot you, that was our second movie. You snuck right up <laughs> on me with that. You did. Oh. You there you are, Segway. You are, Segway monkey. <laughs> That's what we're gonna say from now on. There you are, Segway monkey. <laughs> oh, just adding to the myth. The legend of the opening weekend podcast. <laughs> episode 40. Episode 40, Holy you guys. Shit, episode this is, 40. This is episode 40. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Did you ever think? Did you nope. ever think? <laughs> no. No. Episode 40. Right. I am correct. It is episode 40. This is episode 40. 40. Yeah. So wait, when we get to episode 52, is that a year? That's a year. Yeah. 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 That, would, that would stand to yeah, mathematical reason. <laughs> yeah. That would stand calend- calendar- calendarily. That would hold yeah. up. <laughs> Calendarily. <laughs> Calendarily, we roll along. Um, oh, yeah. It's some kind of wonderful. I wish you guys could experience the humiliation of having the weirdest guy in a huge school be a blood relative. Some Kind of Wonderful is funny and involving with a lot of charm, says the New York Times. That's what my girlfriend would look like without skin. And People Magazine says it's comic and romantic, thoroughly winning. You should consider whether or not you feel you can deliver a kiss that kills. Some Kind of Wonderful. Artsy high school outcast Keith Nelson, played by Eric Stoltz, tries to land a date with popular girl Amanda Jones, played by Leah Thompson, with some help from his acerbic best friend Watts, played by Mary Stuart Masterson, who secretly harbors romantic feelings for Keith. The fact that Keith's pursuit of Amanda is, at least in part, an effort to improve his social standing means that this film contains echoes of the same year's Can't Buy Me Love, with solid supporting performances from John Ashton, Craig Sheffer, and a scene-stealing Elias Codius, the John Hughes-scripted teen romance earned $3.5 million over its opening weekend, en route to a modest $18.5 million when all was said and done. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of Some Kind of Wonderful? Well, this was, as I was saying earlier, this was a movie that I had such an affinity for, and it was really based in a lot of nostalgia and I, cause I watched this all the time on cable. Mm. I mean, it was, I, I don't think I saw it in the theaters. I don't remember seeing it in the theaters, but I do no. remember watching it constantly and really, really, really loving it as a kid. It, 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 cause it seemed, it was so different to me than a lot of the other John Hughes, you know, high school movies. There was something deeper to it with Eric Stoltz's performance. Uh, I loved Elias Codius. I thought mm-hmm. he was so interesting. That's and you know, great. it's wild. I mean, in, in, in the rewatch, I mean, it's, uh, unfortunately I was left a little cold in the rewatch. It didn't mm. hold up as m- I was so excited to rewatch it. And I didn't dislike it by any means, but I didn't have that excited feeling that I was hoping that I would have. There was nothing that I thought was necessarily really bad or 
super cheesy. I mean, the beginning was a lot, right? When it starts off and that like that intense music and like they're making Leah Thompson and uh, yeah, you Craig know, what's Schaffer. his name? Craig Schaffer, they're they're making out and yeah. uh, I was like, oh wow, this starts intense. Um what was what was really funny to me is as I'm watching it, I'm going, Oh my God, wait a minute. This is reverse pretty in pink. Yes. And I was it is. but 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 I was looking it up and I don't know if you guys know this. He so I, I guess apparently John Hughes hated. Now it's it's sort of Hollywood lore that there was a very different ending for Pretty in Pink. In in the original ending, she ends up with Ducky. Well, it didn't. Right, right. It, it didn't test well, so they changed huh. it. And John Hughes hated it, and he hated the movie. Wow. So um, the the original director. Wait, I want to get this right because there's a lot of names involved. The, I think the guy who directed Pretty in Pink, who was Deutsch, right? How yes. would you Pretty in Pink? That is correct. So I think, so from what I was reading, John Hughes got really angry with Deutsch. Mm. And he was supposed to direct this, Some Kind of Wonderful, but then he fired him. He was like, no, I don't want you to do this because you ruined Pretty in Pink. Oh, so boy. he reversed and he 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 purposely set out to reverse gender it. So he made... You know, Eric Stoltz was the Molly Ringwald character. Uh, Watts was Ducky. You know, and he's like, and I'm going to do it, and they're gonna they're gonna get together in the end. Spoiler, uh, you know, like I'm going to get my pretty and pink ending where I want it. And then there was a whole different cast. Kyle MacLachlan was in it. Kim Delaney was in it, and there was another director by the name of Coolidge. But then Pretty and Pink was released and was a huge hit, and so Hughes fired all those. He got he brought Deutsch back. Fired Kim Delaney, Kyle MacLachlan, and originally Deutsch wanted to cast Michael J. Fox, but he turned it down. Um, Isn't and- that funny? Because Stoltz was originally <laughs> Marty McFly. Marty McFly. Wow. And then like Leah Thompson turned it down, but then she had Howard the Duck was a huge flop. So she's like, all right, let me, let me, you know, try to grab onto Do something that Hughes might be. Movie, right? Yeah. So wow, I, I thought that was interesting. I, I thought that was really fascinating that like, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking, well, this is pretty in pink. And then reading, I'm going, Oh, well, that's literally what he wanted to do was just do a different version of pretty in pink. It really is. Yeah. But with all the characters having Rolling Stones names, which I thought was great as well, which I never even realized oh, till wow. this. I'm like, Oh yeah. Watts, Keith, Amanda Jones. Amanda Jones. Right. right. Oh my so, God! I so never put that together. Wow. I never did until this one. I it, it, I was like Watts, Watts, Charlie Watts, Keith, Keith, and I'm like, oh, oh my and God! Then, and, that's and then, in, so but I I still didn't put it together until reading about it afterwards. Going, oh, there you go. Wow. wow. So all that being said, <laughs> I, <laughs> I yeah, it, I was left a little cold at the end because, mm. and again, I and I, I I was upset about it because I had such. Like I said, I had such an affinity for it. It's definitely a deeper type of John Hughes film yes. than we're used to. Uh, I did really love Eric Stoltz's character. And he's, I, I think he's really great in this. I think he's really good. I do being too, that, Fred. Being I'm that not the biggest fan. Weird kid. Yeah. yeah, he's. I think he's head and shoulders above Andrew McCarthy as an actor, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd agree. I'd agree. But it's just, he was very recognizable, you know, like you've seen kids like that who, you mm-hmm. know, were just a little, you know, very artsy. They were a little off, especially around this time. I mean, I was talking about music in the beginning. You know, there was a very big divide between like people who were into like rock and roll and metal. And then there were like the new wave kids mm-hmm. who were listening to like LIR on Long Island, you know, and this was like, 
you know, Eric Stoltz was very much in that crew. He's very dreamy. He's almost a little too dreamy for this part. He's mm. yeah, but I, I you really get lost it, in his it, eyes. He's not. He's no Zach Galligan. He's but you very do pretty. Get lost in his he's eyes. Very pretty, but I don't he's find very, him. Very but I, I still found him weird looking enough, and the way he acted was weird. Like right. I always remember, yeah. like the faces he makes as his kid at, at, at his at his uh, kid sisters at the table. The cast was was really good. Mary Stuart Masterson. I, I didn't understand. I really, I was like, wow, Eric Stoltz, are you that stupid that yeah. you don't realize? Because she was, she was playing it. I mean, she wears, and I don't, I can't tell if I like this or not. She really wears her pain on her face all the time. Mm. And it, sometimes I found it really lovely. It sometimes it just made it problematic for me because I thought there, there's no fucking way yeah. that he <laughs> wouldn't even suspect that she's got a thing for him. And I know there's, well, guys are stupid and you never know, like the person that you really want to be with is right there all along. I, I get that, but it would have been nice. If the the, ending. It would have been nice if the movie, yeah, no, I, I didn't either this time. And I, you know, I've seen this movie many times and, mm. and always really loved it. And my sister really loves it. This was like her favorite movie when we were in high school and <laughs> bought her the post or I, I worked in the video store and got the poster, from, nice. you know, and brought it home for her and stuff. And, and she watched it so much. I, I forgot how many times I'd seen it and how much I remembered like music cues and things and yeah. the turns yeah. of phrase, like lines from the movie. I was like, my gosh, I, I forgot that I knew it was coming. It's like I know it well enough for those things to be hardwired somewhere in my brain, but not well enough that I could rattle the stuff off to you without having, you know what I mean, been, been perched in front of uh, yeah. the screen watching it now. And uh, yeah, I it, the ending was hard to buy. And I think it would have been, yeah, it would have been nicer if it was, if you really just felt at the start, well, this is his, this is his friend. This is his buddy. And you know, the eyes are on the prize, Amanda Jones. And then, and for there to be a turn somewhere in the middle where the audience is also surprised perhaps to learn this before he does, but surprised to realize that Mary Stewart Masterson has feelings for him uh. or something that would have been nice, but it, you're right, Fred. It's so obvious from the beginning and yeah. it's so hard to believe that he can't, fathom it at all i i and again it's like, like when you they say, do the kiss guys who well that's ridiculous and yeah. then and then he does and then that's what i think what at the end i think it's that memory of the they don't do they show it again they show it they, they do show, show it, it as a yeah. flashback they right? show it back again yeah that's <laughs> a little bit much it's like although eric stoltz is good casting for that because he is like an android so you can believe <laughs> that an android would not understand human emotion and sexuality oh, and things no. like that I was going to say, was why was he fired from Back to the Future? I know they say, well, the chemistry wasn't right. Is it he's because not he's not funny at he's all? Not funny. It's because yeah. he's not funny at all. No, so that's correct. He has no sense of humor. He clearly he no. he is like an he's like an alien. He's like, oh, why does this work like that? He's why star is man. Your, he's like why star are man. your tear? Yeah, why why are your eyes wet now? What is happening? Right. Oh. You have to buy that he's so deluded by the idealization of yes. Amanda Jones and also because he knows she is from the wrong side of the tracks just like him he yeah. literally crosses the tracks know, in the, the beginning of the movie like um, Danny in Caddyshack, Caddyshack but, right. but less Danny. chicken but playing less chicken with trains <laughs> uh, now I think you're right that that you know um, it, it may be hard to buy I don't know if this is because we know the movie or, or, or what, but I, I like what you said, Jason, about like, Oh, crafting wise, this would have been a stronger 
um, it would have been a stronger thing to reveal Watts's feelings in the middle rather than have them overtly from the top. But I think what he's what Hughes and Deutsch are trying to do here is do that that thing of like, no, you got you have to understand that this kid can't see it. And that's mm. part of the because what that does. Uh, holy fuck. Any every time I understand what you're saying about Mary Stuart Masterson. But God damn it, every time she her. cries in this, I cry. Every time. I can't yeah. stand yeah, to watch her cry. I think we'd get along much better if we didn't spend so much time together anymore. Why? Because I'm driving you crazy, and you're driving me crazy. And I'd rather not see you and have you think good things about me than have you see me and hate me. Because I can't afford to have you hate me, Keith. The only things I care about in this goddamn life are me and my drums and you. You realize the movie's no longer for you when you're like, John Ashton is speaking sense at every moment. When you're like, clearly I'm an old man now because everything I'm like, well, every time John Ashton's on screen, I'm like, yes, exactly. Right. That's true. Look into it. Get the college and stuff in order. It's like I'm middle aged. He's middle. That's it. That's all. I, and these kids. And when he's like, he's like, yeah, I spent all the money, but I just, it's just because I want to assert my independence. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake, that's a lot of money. <laughs> Money's important. You're, you're absolutely right, Jason. Like you're hard. absolutely right. But, but what I, you know, what I think makes, you know, and, and I'm, I'm trying to think of movies, you know, what I think really makes a great piece of art like that is where you can watch it as a kid. Because I always remember yeah. that with the with the Breakfast Club. I remember when yes. I saw the Breakfast Club, I thought that was so awesome. And I remember one of my teachers hated it because mm-hmm. he's like, "I want to see this with my kids," and all the teachers are played as idiots. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, mm-hmm. one of my I, I turn to my kids and they're laughing, and I'm like, "Well, I'm a teacher, so they look at me as an idiot." And yeah, you're absolutely right. As you, as I get older, I, I look at things differently. But and and I think what's the movies that really stand up are the pieces that really stand up are the ones that you can look at at a certain age and empathize with them at that point. Yeah. And then as you get older, I mean, the great ones, you know, I look at the kids and I'm like, yep, I, I can still empathize. And I look at the parents and I can empathize and I can, they're all the characters and the yeah. teachers too. I think Rushmore you know, is like that. There, exactly. there are movies Rushmore's where you there. can yeah. like every, every, every age on the timeline, you can kind of like yeah. see yourself there. And that's, and, it, that's the tough thing with John Hughes movies. I find that as you get older, it's harder yeah. to you. There, there's a great nostalgia behind it you know because we remember watching it but there's something there's something that's left behind mm. it's hard to, to take with you it's true that's you know he, he's really writing through the lens of the kid you know and that's the magic of hughes right that's sure, the magic absolutely. of you know ferris bueller is probably his masterpiece yeah and, and, mm-hmm. and you I know think, yeah. i think it is you know um this movie some kind of wonderful was on my list of top school movies mm-hmm. um breakfast club didn't make any of our lists you know and that's yeah. probably the one that is most, maybe 16 Candles, I don't know, is most sort of through the eyes of the high schooler, right? Because you're mm-hmm. right, Fred, the, the, with the exception of the, there, there is always one, at least one character that is a reasonable adult. And in Breakfast Club, it's the janitor, you know, yeah. in, yeah. in 16 Candles, it's Paul Dooley's character. Her yep. father in Pretty and Pink, it's Harry Dean Stanton. And in this, it's John Ashton. You know, there's yeah. always at least one character, typically male, who is um, a, a voice of reason, but is still a blocking character in in some way. 
Um, I really like John Ashton uh, in this um, because he's, he has moments of buffoonery, but it's not, it's not overt, you know, it's not uh, uh, in your face. Even Elias Codius's dad, little tiny part in the, uh, in the, in the, in the um, uh, art museum where he's like, dad, freeze it. Freeze it, Dad. You know, it's a great little scene. Um, He's so good, Elias Codius. Oh, oh my he, God. He, he really is. You nailed it, Jason. He really is a scene stealer. Yeah, in oh, this. my God. He's and, so good. And he and it's because he is he's dynamic in a way that you wouldn't expect for that character. He's doing more with it than yeah. is on the page, kind of like Philip Seymour Hoffman in. And apparently it was a yeah. very small role in, and they uh, they were just like, go, go. Yeah, keep going, keep going. Yeah. He's that's where he's great. carving this the first, into the- That's the best scene when he got, so and, he, and he breaks the desk off so he can show his art. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, he's and, like, we're both artists. And, and, and then he says, this is what my girlfriend would look like without skin. That's <laughs> he, my favorite he, line. No, I didn't know Jen's lived in a hen house. Did you know that? Jeez. Must be a hen house because I don't see nothing but chicken shit. I don't want any trouble with you, all right? My parents are going to be home in a little while. You leave now and we'll forget everything. Hey, man, let's just cut the bullshit, all right? Please? I'm here to wipe the floor with your ass, and you know it, and everybody knows it, and you deserve it. I used to really, yeah, I love this movie, and I feel, you know, and like I said, my sister still, my sister said she rewatched it recently, and she's like, she's like, still holds up. You know, she texted me. Your like, sister is right. Up. God bless you, um, Tiffany. And You uh, both become cold-hearted John Ashton no, types no, no, is I, the problem. I, I, I enjoyed it very much. And I love Mary Stuart Masterson. She's dynamite. There's there's a lot that I, but I think it is mostly nostalgia that that drives what I love in this, you know, because I do, I do think it's hard to buy that he is that oblivious. I do think the movie, I, I mean, I was shocked by how the way the movie ended. So, so quickly where it was like, oh, wait, maybe she likes him. And then she's like, oh, these earrings belong to another girl. And uh, it's like, okay, well, here's your gajillion dollar earrings. And now we're in love forever. <laughs> Eric Stoltz does not deserve anybody in this movie. He doesn't deserve I- Elias Codius's friendship. That's another thing. Elias Codius is so good. He makes me buy the least believable part of the movie that that kid would ever like that kid and, and befriend him and like, and go out of his way to do things for him. Elias Codius is masterful. Eric Stoltz is um is like a there I think there was another movie that came out around this time called Mannequin and I think Eric Stoltz <laughs> no I'm kidding that's but, McCarthy uh, that's I the know, other one but the he's like a mannequin one. is what I'm saying he's fine okay. he's a very pretty mannequin he looks like <laughs> I think I think I saw him modeling the spring collection at Penny's at one point but <laughs> oh, <God>. um, <laughs> I thought it was the Jacqueline Smith collection no <laughs> no but JJ Newberry's yeah. It was uh, no, it's a uh, it's it's a very enjoyable movie. I thought Craig Sheffer was really good again, playing like an, a completely irredeemable Com- asshole. And I always was like, awful. I fucking, I, yeah. I didn't think his acting was awful. No, no, no. But that's no, what they, I mean. Like I, as I was wa- as I was, I was like, rewatching it, I was like, I I can't yeah. fucking watch him. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just thinking like, oh, he's is it because he's so bad? I'm like, no, just because the, the way characters. the character's written and the way he's playing it. Yeah. I just loathsome, oh, loathsome. It was awful. But loathsome. I but I thought he did a good and I always used to be like, ugh, that guy I can't fucking stand him. As if as if the actor was <laughs> doing a bad job. But he's yeah. doing a great job of being an irredeemable, unrepentant asshole. And that yeah. moment towards the end when when he's actually when you see some fear flickering in his eyes is is, is, well is pretty great. Yes. Yes. Well played. Yeah. And it's nice to see the heat miser's hair getting work as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. Yeah, they were, again, pretty wow. pink. They were like, James Spader had that, that big poof. Let's just go even further with this. It got like, work we, again at the Golden Globes because Pacino was wearing it. <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. It really was. Pacino really had it. Oh, my God. How many Sheilas would you give some kind of wonderful? Ladies and or gentlemen, I am giving this film nine Sheilas. I love it. Wow. I love it. Okay. Great. I was going to say you're crazy, but as I've said before, nostalgia goes a long way yeah. with these things. That's what it's about. But any movie that I'm this nostalgic about, and I'm still weeping at the end of it. And I'm like, yeah, oh, no. what's what? She's going to get the earrings now. Yeah. Ah. And Leah Thompson is going to stand up for her. So she's going to stand on her own two feet. Ah, I'm a wreck. I wanted these. <laughs> I really wanted them. They're yours. You knew you were going to get no, this. No, I didn't. I hope. Nah. I didn't know. You knew. I had a feeling. Well, how do they look? You look good wearing my future. I had breakfast this morning with, with Damon. Uh -huh. He reminded me, for my junior prom, I went with this girl, Karen Hemsworth. He was my chauffeur, and he huh. wore... A limo driver's hat, too. He drove oh my, my dad's Cadillac. I completely forgot You're about this. Yeah, he drove, and he said he was terrified because he, he drove uh, a Datsun 280ZX, and suddenly <gasps> he's driving this Cadillac with power steering. And he's like, holy shit. And he was terrified that he was going to, like, crash and wreck my dad's car. <laughs> so, yeah, wow. he showed up. He wore the little limo driver's hat. I thought, oh, my God, you are my Watts. <laughs> and, and then, oddly enough, I ended up going home with Damon that night. <laughs> and you gave him the earrings, and he said, I wanted these. And you guys <laughs> practiced how to kiss before. It was good. It was yeah. helpful. And then you said, and then he said, I wanted these. And then the <laughs> pants came off. <laughs> so, you know what? Because of that memory... I'm I'm raising my 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 shields up just because <laughs> Jesus. I'm getting With so what? what are you right raising? Hey, um, I'm going to give this six shields. Yay, that's good. I'm gonna go seven. Ah, I'm on the so line. Equal I'm to like, Hoosiers. Equal to Hoosiers. Equal to Hoosiers. But I actually, part of me wants to. I I know I said nothing of you know of positive note about this movie except no, that <laughs> Elias Cotillas is is very good. I. I'm kind of like leaning towards seven point five, but and that is nostalgia. That is that is a nostalgia rating going seven point five. And uh, I love my sister, and I don't want her to be disappointed in me. Kind of rating, but I mean, Good it's thinking. but I do. I no, I really do. It's always been a very enjoyable movie. I always really liked it a lot. I'm gonna go high. I'm gonna go seven point five. Good man. For nostalgia. Good man, Fred. Right. Six point five. Can we tempt you? Can we uh, tempt uh, you? You can bring me up to 6.5 because this is- Rolling Stones names, like, Rolling Stones names. That, baked that is in. cool. That is cool. And I always want to like it. Like it, in remembering it, I always want to say if someone's like, what's your favorite John Hughes films? I always want to be like, oh, don't forget some kind of wonderful because mm -hmm. it, it was very different. There was, it was, there was a different feel to it. Right. So yeah, all right, I'll give it a 6.5. You can man. bring me up there. Good there we go. Very, very good. Very good, gentlemen. Oh. Phone's ringing. Bro, we haven't had a phone call in a good little while here. Yeah. Oh, this is great. Hello, you're on the opening weekend podcast with Jason, with Fred, and of course, Dan. Please state your name and who you are and what you're calling about, and please uh, uh, do all those things. Last four years social. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hi. 
Um, think you uh, think you know who this is? Oh my god! Yeah, Adam. You better believe it. But why oh, you you oh, sound so you sound so I don't. It's insensitive to say. Normal is the first word that comes to mind, and I don't. Non-ard wolf. Not yeah. Non-hybridized. You don't sound hybridized anymore. Yeah. Uh, got a little. Uh, got a little surgery. Got a little surgery. Uh, before uh, before uh, heading back home, uh, with my uh brother here, Jacob. I'm on the phone. Oh, for God's sake. What's up, Jacob? I'm I'm finishing. Hold on. I'm finishing. Yeah, I'm finishing. Up. All right. Well, I'm finishing. Is right if my brother comes on for a little while? I, in a this is great. Please do. For, for, for Again, for first-time listeners. <sighs> oh, these are, this is uh, Adam and Jacob Joseph, who were the grown-up child stars of Baby's Day Out. And and Adam was hybridized. He was turned into an aardwolf by the yep. nefarious Dr. Merlot. Still I mean, an aardwolf where it counts. Let's put it. I'm still A-O. where it counts. But yeah. uh, I am more man than, uh, than a wolf. Uh, at this point, Could, did you courtesy flush? Sure Please is. tell me. I did. I did. Oh, for this courtesy flush. Does that mean two? <laughs> it means however I did. many you need. However many. Hold on. You let need. me look. Hold on. No, don't look. Oh, for oh the, boy. Yeah. Oh, mm. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing fine. We are back home. We are back home in. Uh, this one doesn't want to go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Can you please, please just leave it? Just leave it. Don't try. Get your hands out of there. It's like things never change. It's I like know. no. It's like you were never I'm hybridized. I'm stuck. I know. Oh boy. I'm stuck. Okay, you, hold on a second, please. If you put your uh, foot against the I'll, tank. Yeah, I'll put my just, foot here. Now I'll pull. I'll try. No, no, no. I'll, don't. Oh no, no. Don't put it there. No, 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 my wrist. My wrist. My I'll, wrist. I'll, I'll, uh, all right. Oh, Hi. Okay. Okay. Right, can you just get in the shower, please, for like a minute and just wash that uh, off of there? Okay. It's all good. over. It's guys. Over. What's uh, what's what's happening? You guys have been through a lot lately. We we have been through so much lately. Uh, uh, Water is so hot. <laughs> so hot. Turn the knob that says C. Uh, Turn uh. it. <laughs> wash out your diaper while you're in there. Will you please just wash it out? Um, I have, I have. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go ahead here and just tell you that uh, we are back home uh, in uh, Accident, Maryland, where we are from. Okay. And we uh, uh, living I up have to its name. Seven days a week. That's right. That's the in- slogan. We, uh, I have been returned to my original form by, uh, Dr. Merlot, uh, Amazing. and, uh, he, because he's busy with other things now. He's up there with, uh, with Mr. Dreyfus now, but before, uh, before, uh, yeah. uh, releasing us all, uh, uh, he had, uh, he had us turned back. So, so I am, I am very happy. I'm, I'm much happier now. Um, still have Are one. Are you back to the workforce? I am back. I am back. Uh, and um, <clears throat> you'll be happy to know that Jacob, Joseph, and I have worked together uh, mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks to uh, to put together some some new ideas. 
Really? Some new yeah. business ideas? Some new business ideas because, as you know, I'm uh, a part of the army of freelancers and I'm looking to rejoin that army and become an entrepreneur. Jason, uh, Jacob Joseph worked <laughs> Sometimes I call him Jason what? Joseph, especially when I'm looking at him. Um, why would he? Why? I don't. I yeah, don't, why? I don't. <laughs> I get a little confused. I'm still partially, most of my brain is still Ardwolf, but that's, you know, uh, th- that's, that's part of, that's always going to be part of me. That's part of the process. It takes a little while. That's it's nice. right. It's that's, nicer. That's right. It's Thank you. Now. Thank you, Jacob Joseph. We've been getting along. We've been yeah. getting along. It sounds like good. It. I mean, you've got, well, you're, you're working on these businesses together. Yeah. So, that's like, right. What, what do you got? Um, I've got a few. I've got a few because last week uh, I had a few. And uh, we couldn't call in because there was a diaper emergency. But this yeah. week, we've decided to call. We've decided to call in uh, because things seem to be wrapped up down there. You doing okay over there, Jacob? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm getting my list of um, my list of ideas. Okay, good. Well, I have it here. We can we go in on oh, together. Okay. Okay. This is one I came up with uh, from last week. You you did uh, office space. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, office lace. Ever wanted to feel sexier at the office? Well, how about office business wear made entirely of lace? Oh. Need a three-piece suit that's both sheer and breathable? Try office lace. Every day is casual Friday with <laughs> office lace. What do you okay. think of that one? All right. That was a good one. That's not, that's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Would you wear an entire, like, like, let's say you were a big CEO or something like that. Would you wear an entire suit made of uh, of lace? I, I, I may. I may. Yeah. I might want to just hang free and let loose. CEO, more like see-through. Oh. Now, <laughs> Jacob, Joseph, that's a good tagline. Yeah. See, thanks. we're working together. We're seeing eye to eye here. Yep. Okay. This one, this one, this one's another one of mine. Um uh uh you last week you did Rushmore. Mushmore. Much more. What's the one thing you wish sweet little Fido could do? That's right. Pull a dog sled across a frozen <laughs> wasteland for little money and even less fame. We train your dog for dog sled racing. Whether it's the Yukon Quest, the All Alaska wow. Open, or the famed Iditarod, make much more your dog's training school. It, now, this was Jacob Joseph's contribution, and I think it's okay. brilliant. <clears throat> if your dog is a little rough around the edges... <laughs> Well, then turn your mutt into the ultimate racing dog at Mushmore. Yeah. Huh? Because it's rough. Like Yeah, you explain it, Jacob Joseph. It's rough. Like like a dog says, sometimes a dog says, okay. Sometimes they don't say exactly rough. They say, yeah. But sometimes, but in cartoons. It's okay. Rough. What, else, well, what else you got? What little, else you got? It's a little more like this. <laughs> <laughs> Down Ardwolf, down Ardwolf, down Ardwolf. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't mean. The diaper was just so tempting. I just had to. I know, what am I supposed to do? It's like half hour. Are you okay? It's okay. It's just all. For first time listeners, this may go for a while. This is the last diaper. Just stay patient. We'll get to Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors. Anyway, continue. Go on. Go on, Adam. Jacob, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you okay? No, I'm okay now. I got it. Right. Yeah, no, I'm okay. I shot I... my brother a few weeks ago <laughs> on, a, on, a, yeah. on this podcast. It's crazy. And I, I don't like hurting him. I no, like hurting but him. I'm better now. I'm better I'm so now. glad. Sometimes I just need to be distracted by something shiny. <laughs> I have some ideas. 
I made some ideas just now. Go, <laughs> go ahead, please. Okay. Okay. Please. Stent of a woman. <laughs> Did your woman have a heart problem and need a stent? <laughs> Put a stent in there with stent of a woman. Um, lepre- can- leprechaun. <laughs> Does your leprechaun have parts of him that keep falling off? Then get yourself a leprechaun. Wait, that is a leprechaun. Leprechaun. <laughs> un, un leprechaun. 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 Con like uh, like pros and cons. So bad. The leper is con. Right. That's bad. So you want to fix the leper. Thank yeah, you. Well, like the Star Trek character, leprechaun. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, this is I don't a, know how that's a business, but it's a wonderful idea. I think it's a good idea. If you had yeah. a small leper, you'd want to go there. Good that's thinking. true. Yes, you're right. You're right. This was, or a if gr- you had Ricardo Montalban with you, this was a great. Well, that goes without saying. This was a great, great idea that Jacob Joseph had. Thank you. Okay. Based Stent on stent of a woman. Now wait a minute. <laughs> Sorry. No, this was the one you came up with last week okay, when they okay, did okay, October okay. Sky. Okay, 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 okay. October's okay, okay. pie. Yeah. This one, Jacob Joseph was very excited about. All pumpkin pies year-round. All the time. Hey, it's March 1st, and if you're like me, you're ready for Thanksgiving. You can get a turkey. You can make the stuffing. You can make the mashed potatoes and the corn. But where's the pumpkin pie? We'll stuff pumpkin pie down your gullet till you're sick of it and you want to kill us. At October's pie. pie. I feel like you've had a few other... Pie store business ideas in the past, haven't you? What are Am you, I making what that are you up? trying to say? Are you trying to say uh, I've gotten right. stale and and I'm no longer? No, that you've gotten a little chunky from all the pie. Oh my god! No, I'm okay. kidding, Adam. I imagine you look great. I can't see you because you're speaking to me over a phone. Some kind of flounder full, <laughs> a fried flounder buffet with all the fixins, and by fixins we mean more flounder. You'll be full of flounder at some kind of flounder full. <laughs> Tattoosers, are you aching to get a tattoo of Indiana or Indiana-related things? Well, get one tattoo or seven at Tattoosers. Get the Crossroads of America tattooed on the crossroads where your ass meets your legs. Get Purdue University's mascot, the Boilermaker, tattooed on your face. Or get the entire Indianapolis Speedway tattooed around your entire torso. A Nightmare on Elm Street, more like a light chair. Oh, I'm now I'm doing Gene Shout. I'm sorry. This business is a light chair on Elm Street. That's why balsa wood furniture is back. (laughs) Tired of heavy chairs that you need two people to drag around your house when rearranging the furniture? Sure, they're flimsy and they break easily. Jacob Joseph couldn't sit in one, that's for sure. But if you're slim and trim like me, Fred Berman, Mm. why not go for a light chair Mm. on Elm Street? I have... I. Jacob Joseph is still heavy set. I am Stop slim, it. is what I'm trying to say. Well, you, you, go, you, you fluctuate. I do fluctuate, but it's mostly hair at this point. <clears throat> That's true. You're going to shed soon. Fred and Jason, do you have a favorite? And Dan, do you have a favorite of these six ideas that I've brought you today? I always love balsa wood. It brings me back to my childhood of making balsa wood airplanes. So that's what I'm the talking smell about. Smell of that, yeah. It's a nostalgia uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really, I enjoy that. I enjoy that. I one. don't know. Um, 
it's an, I, I'll tell you the truth. I don't even remember which product it was. <laughs> but he, <clears throat> I really the what really stuck with me was the phrase <laughs> the crossroads. <laughs> Your legs meet your ass. Is that what it was? That's right. Tattoo the crossroads of America. The crossroads, the crossroads. Your legs meet your ass. It was just so. I don't want to say poetic because it wasn't, but it was really it is evocative. Really evocative. What business that, was that? Now that one was tattoos. Tattoosers. Yeah. And yeah. I have to props, I think that'll get. I have to give mad props to my brother. He came up with that. That. Catchphrase oh where you ask me two legs, the cross. Oh, okay. Well, that uh, now that makes sense. That, well that done, Jacob like Joseph. Thanks. I knew that. <laughs> I felt as I said it, as I was saying it in bed, I thought, this is where great ideas come from sometimes. So say it, even though you feel like you're going to get hit because it really could be seen as stupid too. I, it's like, it just feels right, the crossroads. And my legs were meeting my ass at the time. <laughs> that crossroads for you is where great. <laughs> that crossroads. That crossroads oh for you, God. Jacob Joseph, is where most of your good ideas come from. Yeah, kind of. That's and on kind that note, true. get back in the bathroom and clean up in there. All please. right. Okay. Back oh. in the bathroom. Bye, guys. Oh, bye. Thank you, Jacob Joseph. So great to hear from you, yeah. Adam. You too. Thank you. Holy smokes. I'm Thank so you glad you did. Yeah. It's Jacob great to Joseph, hear you. Jacob Joseph, back your... in the back. Get back. Get back in the back. Oh, no. Why would you do that? Hold on. Hold on. Oh. Wow. I, I guess the Aardwolf still lives deep in the in beast Adam within. There. The beast yeah. within, gentlemen, is still the, there. You yeah, you can't tame that. You can't tame that no. that easily. But he's trying to keep it contained, it sounds like. So nice to hear from them. It's so nice, nice to hear him with yeah. a, a, a voice that you can, you know, where you can discern the words. It doesn't sound <laughs> as torture. I mean, he was, it was, the that art world thing was, oof, it was rough. Yeah. It was a nightmare. <laughs> rough, like it was Jacob rough. Joseph. I see what you've done there. Yeah. You pulled the Jacob Joseph. I pulled the Jacob Joseph. Yep. 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 If oh. you are interested in the backstory... <laughs> of this saga uh, first of all listen and subscribe please second of all tell all your friends third of all give us five stars and a nice review on itunes and once you've done that you will have access free and free access to the entire saga of jacob okay. joseph and adam and the rest of our friends on the arthropod squad who call in and write in so frequently but yeah, this has been going on for what, like 40 episodes, 40 episodes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When did we meet them? We met them episode seven. Sheila has been, Third. you know, their paramour Sheila has been a fan since day one. Since day one. But uh, right. yeah, they didn't even seven. mention her, which is odd. I, they've I'm moved, sure they've moved we'll, on. we'll hear more they've about moved her. They've moved on. And they're getting along. I'm glad to hear their nightmare. Is over. Oh, it's true. It's true. It's true. Life is but a dream for those two warriors. Oh, that's, oh, hot that's a good one. Dog shit. <laughs> that, that was what Jacob Joseph was trying to clean up in there. Oh, God. Uh, you see, it's stent of a woman, is what he's trying to sell. <laughs> a Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors.
Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Freddy's just around the corner. As one of the last of the Elm Street children whose parents murdered the monstrous Freddy Krueger years earlier, young Kristen Parker, played by Patricia Arquette, has her wrists slashed in her sleep by the dream-stalking Freddy, played by Robert Englund. Kristen's mother, mistaking the wounds for a suicide attempt, sends her daughter to a psychiatric ward, where she joins a group of similarly troubled teens, all of whom see Freddy in their nightmares. One of the doctors treating this group of dream warriors is Nancy Thompson, played by the original Nightmare on Elm Street's Heather Langenkamp, who senses in Kristen's ability to pull others into her dreams the potential to rid the world of Freddy once and for all. The franchise's third installment proved to be surprisingly revitalizing, with an $8.8 million opening weekend and a total box office haul of $44.8 million. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of A Nightmare on Elm Street 3? Dream Warriors. Okay, now, question. How many years between First Nightmare on Elm Street and this? Three. Okay, and... Two and a half, actually. Langenkamp was not in two. No, two was a completely different cast. It was, they they went off on a whole different story. They did their own thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no acting lessons for Langenkamp between one and three? <laughs> no. None at all. Didn't take a workshop? Didn't go down, down no. to... To Gene Frankel or to, uh, or down to, uh, That's where I studied. you know, I know. And, and, or to any of those, uh, you know, he didn't go down to HP studios and just take a, take a summer workshop. No, Nothing. apparently not. No. Apparently not. She's worse. Like She's worse. She got worse. I agree with you. She did get, you, I did get worse because we were defending her with the first one. And I was like, oh no, it's rough stuff. She got worse. You're absolutely right. Poor thing. God bless her. She's trying. She's trying. The hard thing about this is, uh, you know, yeah, we we were defending her on on the first one. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference is she, the people that she was surrounded with in the first one were at her level. This movie, the rest of the cast is really good. Lawrence Fishburne, fucking Arquette, Patricia Arquette. I mean, even Ted, that's not Ted Wass. I know, but I I kept thinking (laughs) that. (laughs) No, it's a a good cast. It's so funny that you say that, Dan, because Craig Wassum, who looks like Bill Maher. Yes, I wrote that down too. I was like, like, oh my God, he looks so much like fucking real time. It's very funny that you mentioned that, Dan. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to to cut you off No, please go, go, do. Because, you know, I remember, I remember seeing this movie in the theaters opening weekend and we were so excited. I mean, it was, we we were just, we were giddy because- you were such a fan. I was a big fan of the first one and the second one, as as I mentioned on the Halloween episode, we saw uh, one and two, or maybe I mentioned when we did Nightmare on Elm Street, we saw one and two uh, as yeah. a double feature one day and mm. two, you're like, huh? And then this was like a return to form, it felt like. Mm-hmm. And and in many ways, it's also, uh, to me, I think it's it's like weird science in a, in a way that <laughs> like, as we were saying, Dan, like we, I was the, I was in the exact right place and the right age and time for this movie. Like I was getting into heavy metal and like 
mm. horror and metal were starting. There, there, there was almost like an MTV quality about this movie. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. You know, that was really big. There was like that headbangers ball aesthetic. You know, we were, my, me and my friends were slowly getting into more horror movies. Yeah. And when you have that it, punk rock girl, like when she imagines herself and she's like, yeah. I'm beautiful yeah. and bad. And she's yeah. full on exactly. mohawk and the, the switchblades yeah. and stuff. That's, yeah. very, that's right out of this era. And we were also getting a little older. Good. So, you, yeah. as I mentioned, like I was always a little very scared of horror movies. At this point, I'm getting a little braver. So I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I, I can handle this. But and I, I remember so vividly at the time, I mean, when Nancy shows up, which I think is the idea is is brilliant. I love the fact that they they bring her back. And there's sort of the fact that like they retcon, they just forget two ever happened. Right. Yeah. You know, they're like, we're gonna go back. And I love the fact that they bring her back as this like elder warrior, mm-hmm. you know, who's gonna train them. And I remember in the movie theater, like I mean, I, I it's it was not like it was Avengers Endgame, but like I have this, right. this memory that people were so <laughs> excited and cheering. At least me and my friends were like, yeah, fucking Nancy's back. But yeah, and rewatching it, I'm like, oh God, but she doesn't have the weight. She can't handle it. No. She's just not, yeah, she's not very good. Yeah. And it wasn't as a parent in the first one. I remember seeing this as a teenager and being like, and thinking she was so mature, but you look at me it and you're too. like, you're like, oh God, she looks like she's 24 years old. Yeah, no, you she's know, still and, yeah. And and yeah. and uh, Craig Wasson's taking her to PF Chang's and like trying to seduce <laughs> her or whatever. I was a little, I don't know. It was just a little. I don't know. It felt creepy. I was like, no, it seems way too, way too old. For Sprinkle her. a little hypnosil on your orange chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's unfortunate because John the, Saxon. The, you're you're right. The the. You know who was in on this plot? It's Frank Darabont. I yes. was shocked yes. to see yeah. his name. He clearly so, did like the last pass along with the director because there's like it's like right. Wes Craven and somebody I can't remember. It's like four writers. Yeah, and there's the first pair who must have done the early draft, and then yeah. Chuck Russell, the director, with mm-hmm. Frank Darabont. They must have done their their. Rush they did a pass and, through yeah. on it, and and <clears> structurally, <throat> it's sound. You know, it doesn't make a whole. It doesn't. You, you could poke holes through this thing if you wanted to, but it's a horror movie and who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. This is one of those VHSs that, you know, uh, my friend Chris or Nick or Rich would have and they'd just put in the put in and we'd and we'd watch it because we we liked all of the Freddy catchphrases and the, you know, and the that scene where he is um pulling the veins out of the one kid and oh. manipulates him like a marionette puppet. Like the, like the puppets that he builds. That yeah. Builds. Yeah. 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 That's, God, that is harrowing it's brilliant it's really good harrowing you know and and they they do a close-up on the foot that is like it is designed to make you go how are they doing this because it looks so fucking good they're like we need a close-up of this because it looks so goddamn good and there's a lot of mechanical effects in this that are great um uh, freddie pulls up his shirt and is like here's all the lost souls and the souls of the children yeah Yeah. and they're all like screaming to get out of his shirt uh, or out of his skin it's oh my god there was there was a lot of there was a use of a lot of different types of special effects you know yeah, yeah that yeah, yeah that's sort of like the um the harry housing with like the skeleton, yeah, skeleton, the skeleton was really cool you know and then and then you had also you know then you had yeah like stuff like that with the veins but then you also had like the cheesy 80s like green laser beam stuff like leftover special effects <laughs> from ghostbusters yeah, that they'll use yeah, and yeah. you know uh, john saxon you know coming down with the twinkles around him. so it was like it was, oh, like, it was like a little bit of everything it was, really it was like well, i felt like i was watching mr merlin for a couple of scenes <laughs> <laughs> but it works because when when it first happens, you're like, oh god, this is cheesy. But it works because it's really Freddy. 
fucking with her. Well, exactly. Know? And that's yeah. what that was a that was a masterstroke. I was like, what are they doing with John Saxon coming down like he like he's, you know, glitter man. And and yeah. uh yeah, it's really Freddie trying to trying to fool with her. I had to, there was a lot of reconciling with this with this latest rewatch because I hadn't seen it in a while and and as you guys know this was my number one. Yeah, you love uh, this yeah. Fred. Yeah. In retrospect, I might flip it. And at the Ooh. time when we did the list, I was going back and forth. I might flip and put Nightmare on Elm Street, the, the original number one. I think that might hold up better as just a generally scary movie and the images in that. Um, and it's also, as I, as I said earlier in, in, you know, in the evening that it was a lot of with this and some kind of wonderful and to a certain extent Hoosiers, there's that reconciling the nostalgia yes. with present day reality. Yeah. yeah. It does get, there is something mythic about it in terms of the Freddy story. It gets a little, there's something like almost like it's a lot of world building and, and origin yes. telling in this. One. Yeah. And rules, yeah. rules to how it works in, right. the, in the dream world. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I really liked. And I mean, you which know, was something end, we complained about a little bit about the first one. It's like, wait, how can the mother see the blood, you know, right, right, right. Yeah. And they, they avoid yeah. that in this one. By yeah. Large. Yeah. And they definitely go, look, I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's slicker. It's bigger. It's definitely more of like, it's full fun house, yes. you know, especially at the end. I mean, it's a real fun house feel and it's that idea. And it's, again, it's what we said about the first one that we, that we all really liked the, what, what makes these movies so great. And what I, I think sets them apart from other horror movies is that because it's in the dream world, it's like anything can happen. It's Freddy's world. Yeah. They enter so Freddy's go, domain. So, so you can have him, you know, pulling the kid's tongue out and then spitting it. I mean, like ridiculous stuff. Oh, oh God, the it's fantastically creative. It's really. Yeah. Which is like, it's horrifying and also a little ridiculous. Yes. But it can oh, be yeah. whatever it is because it's the dream. <clears throat> so uh, that's why it's got this <clears throat> crazy fun house feel. And really at the end, I mean, they even do that with the mirrors. You know, you really feel like you're in a fun house. Oh, and then he that's finally screams. That's a fantastic screams. effect when they're being pulled into the mirror. I mean, the effects for the most part really hold up. And I mean, they are a product of their time and there's a lot of practical effects. And then, and then clearly some computer stuff, you know, that must've been done like with the, the way the, the images of the kids warp as they're being pulled into the mirror yeah. realm. And mm -hmm. it, but it's, it's pretty for its time for whatever, 30 something years ago, it's quite, you know, it's quite good for like, what would be a, a a schlocky horror sequel? It's actually, you know, um, I, the production values are, are pretty great, and you know, and things like just the idea of getting Zsa Zsa Gabor and Dick Cavett to be in a movie like this <laughs> so and great. to yeah. have them like so and they're great. in the credits. They are listed in the yeah. opening credits before oh, Robert yeah. Anglund, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, normally you don't put cameos in the opening credits like that, but yeah. they're like, oh, that's pretty impressive, huh? Roger Ebert, huh? I know you think you're just watching a, well, a shit fest, but Dick Cavett, he only does the best. Um, but it is a really funny bit. Not in the beginning. I, I started on a talk show, you know. But when a young actress says, how do you succeed in this business? You don't study. always say you have to study. I think you should study. Have a study, work, and then maybe you can make it. Can I ask you something? Certainly. Who gave that fuck what you think? 
the I like the myth making. I like the I like going to the automobile graveyard where he's buried. I like the yeah the the old nun telling the story of of his birth. I like I you know I liked all the component parts of it. Again, like you said, Dan, with the original film, not especially scary, like Im- silly in spots, impressive in spots. Yeah. Um, but the only time I jumped, the only scare in the movie for me was when he's at church to get the holy water, Craig Watson, and then yes. that priest oh, yeah. reaches through that and to touch him on the shoulder, and there, <laughs> I, I actually jumped. This is more fun. As you and there's I mean, punchlines yeah. and you start looking forward to right. it. It's like, well, what funny thing is he going to say? And what yeah. cool special effect? Because, you know, that's the thing. In the dream world is where you get all the great payoff stuff, all the cool effects, all the all the great imagery. Um, yeah. You know, other than that, you don't, you know, then you're you're in standard movieville. And, you know, right. there's a certain amount of that that you need to set up the characters and get, you know, uh, build the tension. But you're just looking for payoff, payoff, payoff. and And in that <laughs> sense... You're looking forward to those moments that you would normally dread maybe in a Michael Myers movie or something like that. So, yeah. And I feel like I don't I'm sure I've seen Nightmare on Elm Street, too, but I don't remember a second of it. But are those catchphrases part of that mm. or is this the first time we're getting the, you know, welcome to prime time, bitch, and, and things no, like that? No, this is the first this time really I amps remember. It up. There, so some, he does say some then, stuff you know? in that one. Does he? Like, but I don't know that they're funny. I don't know that their punchlines yeah. are just, you know, uh, sick, so, taunting comments, but not like these have a real like, yeah, welcome to prime time, bitch, or <laughs> let's get high. I mean, I remember like, yeah. people laughing at those yeah. lines. You know, yeah. it's where's my bourbon, bitch. So this is the first um, time we are seeing Freddie having fun, sort of giddy, crazy fun house fun at the expense of the kids. And, you know, I, think, in, in I feel order like it was the first time they mined us. it for comedy. I feel like it's the I first think time. that's right. And I think that's why this one was so popular, yeah. you know, and I think that the subsequent movies, if I remember, uh, with the exception of Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which takes it in a whole different direction. That was another one that Jeremy Vaney was like, oh, you have it. If you think, you know, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies watch Wes Craven's new nightmare. It's the first time I've heard Craven that's wild. It's very it meta, right? It's, it's completely meta. So meta in the fact uh, up to the fact that, um, uh, 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 Heather Langenkamp is plays herself. The actor, yes, Heather Langenkamp, right. who is haunted by Freddie, you know, I think so we're going to watch it for, um, I oh, don't really? know if it's, I don't know if it's going to be this fall or if it's a uh, next cool. into next year somewhere, but I know I, it's on one of the, one of the opening weekends that cool. we're, we're supposed to look at at some point. But well, yeah, I, feel like I saw it four, once and it was cool. Yeah, it's very cool. I saw because Jeremy said to watch it. But like four, five, six, I feel like those kept mining the Freddie brand for the, to, to recapture basically the magic of what three did, which was let's watch Freddie, you know, have fun, do his thing, have the funny catchphrases and move and move forward. And of course, that that doesn't hold up. Right. But in this one, it does. Um, and the, the effects are, I love practical effect. You know, this from our discussion of the thing, yeah. you know, I just, and, and other movies like that. I just love seeing all the different kinds of practical effects. That's what is, makes the movie a, a, a winner for me. Let's get hot. <laughs> oh, how about when he eats her as he oh, a yeah, giant fucking snake? Good. I fucking love God that. It comes almighty. out of nowhere and it's and it's 
fantastic VFX. How did they do that? Again, VF- like, how did they do it's that? Just, <laughs> it's just amazing. Really That's a practical great. effect. And what's amazing too, and I mean, I feel like we should have an episode just about the docking video in itself because <laughs> that, that's a that's a whole other Freddy story right there. Is it really? The, Tell us the story. Oh, oh, you guys, I sent you. Oh, you must watch the video because it's the <laughs> same thing. Oh, you, oh, must, you must watch the docking video. Patricia Arquette is in it, and she's building the house. But when she turns the house around, she's also putting little docking pictures on it, oh, right, rock and roll signs. Why wouldn't you? And and she goes into the house. And when that happens, you know, the, the the walls are splitting. It's not the snake that bursts through. It's actually George Lynch, the guitarist of Dawkins, <laughs> bursts through the wall and plays a solo. And then Freddie shows up. Hopefully that wasn't a load-bearing wall. <laughs> <laughs> well, Freddie shows up. Good. And he is defeated by the power of rock and roll. Don Dokken, his, mm. his screeching vocals, and George Lynch, his blazing guitar, and Jeff Plotkin, I think. I think that's the name Jeff of the drummer of the bassist. I don't, I don't know. That's I your remember. accountant. <laughs> <laughs> they, they smite Freddie. And then at the end, Freddie wakes up. He's having a nightmare. And he goes, yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, what a nightmare. So, I mean, it, it, doesn't he clutch a itself, teddy bear in the video? He does. He clutches oh, a teddy bear. That's fun. My favorite of these is actually the next one. I think I said this in the Halloween episode. Oh, uh, did, number yeah. four, the Dream Master. And I, I don't think it's, I don't, I, I want to actually really, after watching this, I, I'm like, I want to watch that one again because I haven't seen it in years. Cool. But that's the one I've seen the most. I oh. love that one. That's the one where, it's that he turns the girl into a giant roach. She's working out. She's she has a she's a fear oh of bugs, God, yeah. and she's like oh, she's working out, and he wow. like snaps her arms back, and then she has insect oh, legs come God, out, yes. and then he like then all of a sudden she realizes she's in a roach motel, and he smashes it, and he's like they check in, but they don't check out, bitch, or something like that. I mean, Jesus. it amps up. Oh, the special God. effects get amped. I mean, because this one was a big hit. The money, it, that effect that you say about he tears open the sweater and you see all the little yes. faces on the chest. In this movie, it's cheese ball compared to it is epic. In number four, you see like the chest. It, it is you oh. see whole bodies swimming in his chest. I mean, the effects are. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that's that. from number four. I think he's in a oh, church at the end wow, with her with the, the girl. It's a different. Uh, not an actress from this movie. It's a different girl. It's like a wall of lead. souls. Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. my God. But I remember it so vividly and I loved that one. I thought it was so funny. I thought the effects were so gross and it is like, Ugh. it's like, it's like in the, uh, in, in the Simpsons or any, where it's like, oh, here's the Halloween party and kids reach your hand into the, you know, the peel bowl of right. peeled grapes. It's eyeballs. I mean, it's yeah. more that it's about fun, gross out, you know, um, yeah. a, a fun, gross out experience than hmm. something truly frightening uh, and uh and that one it almost jumps the shark with i think with with number four and then i think it really does with number five and that's mm. where for me number five is where it i was like nah okay not as fun anymore it, it, it kind of you know i it think kind i, of lost it I stopped watching wow. after four i mean i barely remember four as you're talking yeah, about it now here, it's all Fred. coming back but i stopped after oh that huh. yeah. number four is so good i want to watch it again right now <laughs> now I, we can't. This has nothing to do with the movie, really. But I can't not tell this story because, in a way, it has everything to do with the movie. Okay. Many, 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 many years later, I was living on the Lower East Side, <laughs> and me and my good friend Jason O'Connell yeah. uh, from the Opening Weekend podcast, Ooh. and our other good friend Steve Lavner, were coming home oh, no. from a, a night of drunken debauchery. There might have been some other uh, things going coursing through our veins uh, that evening. Evening, I don't know. And it, we came, I, I was living in a building where the walls were very thin and I had been yelled at 
or not yelled at, but our neighbors had complained before because Steve and I would play guitar and sing loudly at night. And we didn't realize how thin the walls were. And Jason and Steve and I came in and it was very late. I think it was after a gig that Steve and I had, maybe, I don't know. And we turned on the TV and I lived in a small, pretty tight studio apartment. We turned on the TV and it was like a commercial for, you know, like KTEL, the best hair metal of the eighties or something like that. And what, you know, they're playing the different songs and what comes on, but Dawkins singing Dream Warriors. Yes. And and Jason and Steve and I, but I really remember it being mostly Jason. Jason was really <laughs> enthusiastic about this. We did, the only thing that really anyone would or should do is we sang along with Don Dawkins oh, and the rest of Dawkins. We sang God. Dream Warriors at the top of our lungs. In the middle of the night, like, this was. In the middle of the night. Oh, friend. Which was, so just screaming, no one dream no more <laughs> which was followed by pounding on the wall from our neighbors which scared me and then i screamed i went ah you animal <laughs> and then he came we just heard it was like we heard like doo, 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 doo. we heard the steps coming as he was running and we thought oh my god oh my god he's coming he's coming he's coming so our brilliant idea was uh, turn off the lights pretend we're sleeping pretend we're so, so we all so i remember i took off my shirt <laughs> We turned off the lights. Now the door opened just into the studio. Jason just sat down on the couch. Didn't lie down. He just I remember, sat down. I thought I was lying down on the couch. No, 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 no. no. In my memory, you were just sitting with your head down. That's how he sleeps. That is how he sleeps. <laughs> like in shame. And I, I opened the door and I, and I, I and I remember like I opened the door pretending I was like, I was like, what, what? And he was, you know, fist up. He was like, you motherfucker, like you're not in college anymore. Yeah, oh, he was completely right. What? He was completely right. <laughs> and I just remember, or something. yeah, he was yelling. And then our friend Steve came up and Steve was probably still drunk or stoned. Oh, no. He just, he went to the guy's face. He went, babies fight. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Babies but the guy started fight. to yell. And the whole time I just, at least in my memory, Fantastic. Jason, maybe you were lying on the couch. In my memory, you're just sitting there in the dark. God. I feel in like I was lying down, you know, because we were, the, the ruse was that we were going to pretend we were all asleep. But, I, wow. you know, whether I was lying down or sitting, I did not come to the door and say babies fight. I mean, no. That's it, for better but, uh, or worse. Who, who, yeah. who was more brave, you guys or the Dream Warriors? <laughs> Oh, the Dream Warriors, okay. definitely. Which brings so. us to our next. Oh. <laughs> uh, how many Sheilas for A Nightmare on Elm Street 3? I shall give it, I hereby bestow, decree, and bequeath six and a half Sheilas to this lovely film. I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. You know, it's weird because I thought it was going to be lower, but as I talk about mm -hmm. it, and more to the point, as I talk about that goddamn song, <laughs> I'm bringing, there was a part of it's me that was like, am, am I going to give this nine? But I can't. It's not a nine, Sheila. You movie. can do whatever you want. I can do what I want, but I think I'm going to, I'm feeling better. And again, this is a lot of, this is with a lot of nostalgia. I'm going to give it, I think I'm going to give it an eight. Yep. I, uh, I'm also with you, Fred, for all the same reasons. I'm an eight. That's Here's crazy. the deal. I'm going to give the movie an eight. I'm going to give the video by Dokken a 10.5. Good Whoa. thinking. Good all right. Fair thinking. enough. Fair yeah, enough. because, I mean, look, the fact that you can defeat a primordial nightmare beast with the power of rock and roll, that's way up that's there. That's what rock and roll list. is. That's what we learned by going to 
concerts, whether it was uh, Journey <laughs> or uh, Huey Lewis in the News. Or Jack Wagner and Roseanne Barr <laughs> together again for the first time. They defeated each other. <laughs> and that. What a nightmare. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a nightmare at the Westbury Music Fair. <laughs> and then we saw Freddie, Dan, we saw Freddie and Jason. Freddy versus Jason with Bob and Jeremy. We did. At the AMC on 42nd Street in 2003. When that movie came out, we went on opening night. We laughed our asses off. And we went to Cold Stone Creamery, got some ice cream, went back home to our, our uh, we went home to our house in Astoria, which looks like the house Patricia Arquette is putting together with popsicle sticks. <laughs> I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say it looked like the house that Dennis Hopper lived That's in. That's what in I was going to say. Six of, six of one, half a dozen of that other. You take, <laughs> you take, that, you take Dennis Hopper's house and uh, Patricia Arquette's Freddy Dream House and put those together. Uh, yeah, and Eric Stoltz's room from from some kind of wonderful and that's our that was our apartment. Oh my God. Good times. Great oldies. Next week... <laughs> On opening weekend, we travel back to March 7th, 1997. We're back in the 90s, oh. uh, and it is a weekend with only two major releases to speak of. The reason, interesting bit of trivia, the reason that there's only two films to speak about this week is because the Star Wars Special Edition trilogy was doing so well at the box office <laughs> They decided to spread out the release dates of the second and third chapters. They were going to open Empire and Return of the Jedi in rapid succession after Star Wars A New Hope. And then when they saw how much money it was making, they were like, let's let this, you know, let's let the wick burn a little more before we introduce the others into theaters. So this was supposed oh, wow. to be the weekend. Return of the Jedi Special Edition was uh, released into theaters. They held that off another week. Hmm. And instead, we have Tim Allen in Jungle to Jungle. Which I've never seen. Oh. Um, but but we also get to see Howard Stern in private parts, his oh. one and only uh, major motion picture based on the book, ostensibly based on the book of the same name, but really just a, a, a biopic, a comedic biopic directed by Betty Thomas and, of course, starring Howard Stern, which I have not seen in a very long time, but which I remember mm. loving. Um, so, yeah, that's next week on opening weekend. Dan, what you got to take us out with? Well, I, I think we have to revisit uh, Dream Warriors. I think we have to revisit that. But, you know, that song, which is at the end of uh, some kind the song, Some Kind of Wonderful. You're some kind of wonderful. Not in the movie Not at all. Movie. But I love I Can't Help Falling in Love with You by Elvis, mm -hmm. which is Beautiful. done by an Irish uh, band in this yeah. movie. Um, because it is the, uh, the song that uh, my beloved wife, Taylor, came down the aisle to. So I'll I'll do a little dream. Uh, I'll do a little. I can't help fall in love with you, and then we'll revisit the Dream Warriors. Huh? I hope so because what as lovely as your wedding was, the idea of not hearing you hand fart Dream Warriors. Yeah, is <laughs> I mean that would that would make me leave the podcast faster than having to watch what was the movie that I threatened to leave the podcast over? Nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. Yes, and you'll probably maybe jungle to jungle. Have you threatening it yet again? I don't know. It might be a good movie. But you know what? Hearing, hearing, knowing that Dream Warriors in hand fart mode is coming up. Yeah, that's gonna. I'm gonna stick around for a while. It's the power of rock and roll. But first, little Elvis. Ha <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Dream Warriors. That's all I know. <laughs> Is it? Was that enough to keep you with the podcast, Fred? <laughs> Will you stay good. with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick around. Yeah, stick yeah. Stick around. Good. Because maybe tonight, maybe, maybe tonight, tonight you'll be gone. Hey, you're not in college anymore. <laughs> Babies fight. <laughs> the opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. With solid supporting performances from John Ashton, Craig Sheffer, and a scene stealing Elias Cotillas. Am I saying that right? Elias Cotillas? I think it's Elias. Elias, I believe. Elias Cotillas, yeah. Cotillas? Cotillas. How do you fucking know how to say, how would you fucking know how to say his name? I'm asking you, so I want to know. But I'm like, why? Why do you know who's hearing, who's, like, who's saying that name out loud? I think it's Elias. I'm pretty sure the first name is Elias. I'm I'm with you on the pronunciation of the second name, Fred. Cotillas. Yeah, I'm so. right. That's how, that's how I've always said it. And he, why, and he, why, why were you saying it? That's I my question. <laughs> why no were you clue. out loud saying that name? All right. Because I liked him. I know he's very good.